You're listening to the Dirty Dozen Podcast. This week's artist, Jeff Leppard. Now live from the Sparkle Lounge, it's your hosts, Rob Heitman and Jacob Newkirk. Hello and welcome to the Sparkle Lounge. I'm Rob. And this is Jake. There we go. I'm excited for uh, today's band, Def Leppard. Uh, but before we start, uh, I'd like to take a moment to thank everybody who has recently joined our Facebook page and the now 200 people who have listened to one of our podcasts online. I just nice. hit the 200 number today. And this is just began uh, 2019. We just started off, so it's good. So even if it's just some people are uh, listening every week, and that's great. And thank you so much. Jake, can you tell me about your love affair? With Def Leppard. Def Leppard. <laughs> oh, man. It's, you know, honestly, it's one of those bands that I never have loved, but, you know, you like it. There's a special place for it. And every time you hear it, I mean, there's those good songs that are, they're on the radio for a reason to this day. But, yeah, the band, it's, they're unavoidable. Even if you don't know who they are, you've, you've heard it and you know them. And I always kind of joke that they wrote stripper songs because it's just kind of all the songs seem to uh, to fit that. But. As if there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, but they're really they're the power ballad kings if you think about it. They mix like arena rock and pop, and even like some metal if you want to call it metal from back then. But and the glam, well, I think yeah. some of the earlier stuff probably. Yeah, a little. What we have here and there's a couple songs here and there that they threw in. I, yeah, but like, they oh. had the a good uh, recipe. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Like for me, my first two cassette tapes I ever bought it was Blizzard of Oz. Oh, by Ozzy Osbourne, yeah. and the other one was Pyromania. That's by, cool. By Def Leppard, so I was listening the heck out of uh, the cassette because I had my new Walkman. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Or it was something. It was a cassette player of some sort. I don't remember if it was initially a Walkman. Or it was an, eventually a Walkman. I don't know if I got a Walkman right away. I just had probably. A, I think I had a boombox because you needed a boombox. Yeah, that's what I had too. <laughs> yeah, and MTV. You know, I started getting MTV, and Def Leppard was all over the place, uh, especially on the metal side. Which is I was more into than uh, like Wham or whatever <laughs> Video Killed the Radio Star or whatever that is, and later on like uh, kind of both of those albums and Hysteria to some degree yeah. became sort of my my soundtrack for high school. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Uh, the weird thing about Def Leppard and what they did is they brought women into the fold, and there's not a lot of bands that did that who played heavy and stuff. At least somewhat, at least initially started yeah, out. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. So it was a big part of, of that, <laughs> you know, all the women. And it just brings me back to high school for yeah. all of that. All right. So uh, before we uh, get into this, let's start talking about beer. Nice. And Jake, I was planning on doing, uh, we have two beers here today. We have Stone IPA, which I brought. But when we get to that later, I will we'll talk about that. But Jake brought a Stone product as well, so I figured we'll, we tie it in Stones here in California. Yeah. Uh, what is the name? I'd like to see you try and say this. Yeah, so. there's an X in it. I want to say it's uh, Zocovesa. Maybe it's Exocovesa. I don't know. I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. But it's an imperial stout, but it has flavors of Mexican hot chocolate. So I figured it's kind of wintry outside, as, as cold as LA can get. As much of a winter that we have. Yeah, it's, um, it's a frigid you know, yeah, 54 degrees. Yeah, brutal. <laughs> so it's appropriate, and I've been craving a good Imperial Stout. So Yeah, we have it in glasses today because we're being all fancy. Yeah, with our uh, pinkies out. And, of course, it's an Imperial Stout, and, and it's blacker than black. Mm-hmm. I can't see through it. I'm putting my hand <laughs> onto the light. I'm trying to smell it, but... Yeah, I get a little, a, a, different, a couple different notes, but... Lots of coffee. Lots yeah, of sugar. Yeah, a little coffee. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's a good point. Yeah, let me taste it. That's sweet. It is very sweet. 
I'm glad we're splitting this because I don't know if I'd want to hold. Yeah, on to that. this is this is not something you're going to have after uh, you're, you're sweating out in the yard, coming in and mm-hmm. grabbing a beer. No, this is like something I should be lighting up a cigar right now. It would be really good yeah. with a cigar, I think. It's an 8.1 percent, so a little strong. So, well, thank you for bringing that. Yeah, this is a uh, interesting. It's really good if you're into if you're looking for something for a cigar. I think this is right up there. And, or a good winter beer. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice dessert beer. I don't want mm. the ice cream, honey. I don't want whatever. Oh, this would be good on vanilla I'll, I'll ice cream. Just have that, yeah. Mm. <laughs> on vanilla ice cream. I don't know about that. I guess. Yeah. I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Make a. It's like a float, a root beer float, but it's just a beer float. A beer float. Oh, we should try that. Oh man, you got we got some ice cream. Uh, okay. <laughs> Next time, I, I think we're gonna try a YouTube video then, and, and we're both gonna we're, we'll get another bottle of this. Yeah. And we'll put ice cream in it. You can watch us eat. And you can watch and see if we get sick. It'll be kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just a quick format note. We decided that we were going to follow what we did the last podcast, which was John Mellencamp. Instead of going album by album through it, now we're going to rank them. So you'll have that to discuss, too. We're going to start with an honorable mention. It doesn't have to be the one that just missed, but it's just one song you want to speak about. Then we'll count down our Dirty Dozen. Yeah, and it's kind of hard. I think there's some bands it's going to make sense to do this format. Other bands, like when we first started Soundgarden, it was just too hard for me to pick um, an order of favorite songs. You know? Oh, it's going to so, get it's going to get hard. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's well, gonna, I imagine it, Zeppelin. I don't want it to be difficult. Yeah, well, <laughs> we should have. You know, we should go back and like revisit. Maybe we'll do it at the end. Force ourselves for yeah. the for the first four podcasts that uh, we did that we didn't rank them. We won't rank them for you. And then you can argue why we think that Stairway to Heaven is the best song ever made by Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> and why Paper and Fire is John Millikan's best yeah, song. Yeah, that's, that's, there's two people on board with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Although I had some weird ones at the, at the, at the bottom end, so yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right, so let's start. Oh, real quick, uh, just, so, just so you know. Once we're not going to play anything for our honorable mention, we'll just talk about the honorable mention and where you can find it and why you should listen to it. We have the Spotify; it'll be on our Spotify ultimate list. Uh, please listen to only songs on Spotify to give Def Leppard the money; they're starving. <laughs> and then we'll play like twenty seconds of a song once we start into the countdown. But we'll play it through our speakers and we'll discuss critically what we think about the song and, and why we picked it. And you know, we occasionally may pay a, uh, play a little additional clip here and there from a song if we have uh, something poignant to say. Poignant. I like poignant. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Jake, why don't you start out with your honorable mention? One didn't make it. I actually had like um, six songs that I put to the side that didn't make it. And they were all kind of... And this is kind of the, the thing with the band for me. It was hard to really pick the the top ones that i have a feeling like we're going to just pick a lot of the same ones because it's just that kind of band but i don't know we always surprise ourselves with this so but if i had to pick one from here i think i would go with kind of a weird one high and dry from the first album sure that song um it kind of reminds me of kiss's cold gin which i really like that tune i don't mm-hmm. know what it is it just kind of has that kind of uh, throwback sound so let's throw that in there as the one that just barely missed okay um, mine, I'm going to be a little different, as I always kind of am. Def Leppard, most people know Hysteria, Back, or maybe some Adrenalize, maybe. And there, there was a lot of stuff that happened after that. And there were some songs that missed from, like, Pyromania or a couple that I don't think we need to talk about. There, mm-hmm. I like it when Def Leppard steps out of its space and tries to be original and tries to just bring something to the table that they haven't done before. So my honorable mention is from Sparkle Lounge album. It's called Cruise Control. 
And it's really, I start listening to it. Oh, is this a Christian song? Is this a, a God song? And then I started realizing it's a Allah song. And it's a, it's about suicide bombers from the suicide bomber point of view. Oh, really? Yeah. It's really, it's, it's kind of, it's very good. Vivian Campbell wrote it. It's really good. So, so take a look, listen to Sparkle Lounge. One of the surprise good albums later on. I really enjoyed that one. And yeah, I remember it being an okay album. I, there's some of them I just absolutely hate, but that one, I was like, oh, this is listenable. But nothing stood out to me. So I'd like to go back now and listen to that one yep. that, that you said. All right. Uh, so do you want to start with, we're going to do it. Somebody's going to start with 12, and then the next one's going to do 12 and 11, and then we'll go two from there. Okay. So it'll be like uh, like fantasy draft. <laughs> if you're into sports. <laughs> if you're into sports. It's fantasy music draft. So uh, you can start with the number 12. My number 12? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I guess in keeping with some weird picks, uh, mine was actually from the Slang album, uh-huh. which uh, I know we kind of briefly talked about before. Um, there was actually a lot of songs on this album that stood out to me, surprisingly, because it was like a heavier sound. It was more mature, like darker lyrics, not like the party sex vibe that you just expect from Def Leppard that they always do. They had like kind of an alt rock style influence this was- album, so... It was funny. This is another one of those moments that they they started reacting. So, oh my gosh! To the times, the like, times, yeah. yeah. It was ninety six, I think, when that one. So it would make sense. Yeah, that was kind of the. And it takes the, them like two years or so to get it going. Yeah. yeah. So like, hold on. I think this uh, this grunge thing we need to pay attention to. Right. So, yeah. But then again, they touch it for a bit, and then they go back to the recipe. Well, grunge ended, so, you know, and then they yeah. like back to. Yeah, they were a little behind it. But yeah, I guess that being said, um, the song I picked was "Truth" or "Truth" with a question mark. I guess is how you say it. Um, like I was saying, it's heavy, harder rock side of them. There wasn't like the layered vocals that you're used to hearing with like the tons of melody. Um, it was just a little more raw. So it just sounded like a departure from them, but still pretty good, I thought. Okay. So let's listen to a little truth. Yeah, that's pretty good. Totally mid-90s sound. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, that didn't grab me, but I like it, though. Slang generally was, for me, a pretty good album. Yeah, totally. Across the way. Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to go to mine. Uh, My number 12, I guess, is something that's not on your list, because it's just not. Uh, (laughs) You never know. know. Uh, But you said you didn't like that anything from the album, so I figure that it's not on the list. (laughs) Uh, I have uh, my number X. twelve is no, it's not from X. Oh, that's pop trash. That <laughs> I don't know. It's, some people may like it, and there's some good, there's some decent licks here and there. It's just you have to kind of pick and choose in that. Uh, but yeah, there's not really very many good songs mm-hmm. on that. I'm gonna go with a song that they really didn't look as a single, and it's probably one of the only non-singles. But I really like it because it's once again Def Leppard stepping out. And trying to do something different. Mm-hmm. And it's off the Sparkle Lounge mm-hmm. album. Uh, it's called Go. It's the lead track off of that. And I like that they stepped out and back into rock. And it was new sort of rock. It wasn't like the high and dry rock. They weren't trying mm-hmm. to be ACDC. It was almost like mm-hmm. I can almost hear the heaviness of, like, say, Metallica. Or maybe not Metallica. But the the, the thunderous, like, drum beat. And they had, like, a little Indian-style riff in there. Let me just play a little bit here. Yeah. Uh,
the song lyrics are actually about politicians. The whole song's about politicians. You're doing a bad job. Just go. I think I did remember hearing that one. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it, it's interesting. Let me actually play a little bit more so we can kind of hear some of the lyrics. I kind of just gave you the intro there. Here we go. Okay, well, let's go. That's my number 12. And I guess I'm going to do another number 11 now. Go for it. My number 11 is off of <laughs> an older album. <laughs> it's called Let It Go. It's off of High and Dry. And oh. the interesting thing, like Def Leppard, as you mentioned before a little bit with the strippers, if you look on YouTube and I'm like, I want to look up the, the Let It Go video, strippers <laughs> doing videos <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. I was just, I was kind of shocked. See, there's, yeah. It's, yeah, just it, about it's the... like, I'm like, is this the video? I, I wish this was the video, but it's really <laughs> not. And I was like, oh, and then I saw like four other, four other ones with the same thing. So Let It Go was, uh, it was early on. So I was like, surprised. I, I thought a stripper's like kind of came the, in. The Frozen song? Yeah, Let It Go. <laughs> I can't hold on anymore. <laughs> no, but when I first heard like Leopard, uh, this song kind of hit me because I had the LP. And kind of went and had this sort of, you know, Mutt Lang, he did Back in Black, he did Foreigner 4, right before he's coming in to High and Dry. And you can kind of hear that sort of influence for that rock, especially on High and Dry, and to some degree Pyromania, and then it kind of loses itself into Def Leppard's own sound and hysteria. But Let It Go did that. I like the beginning hook, the drive, and it's sort of straight ahead rock and roll. Let's hear it. And I like lick-based rock anyway. Real quick, before we get into that, looking at the lyrics for this song at the time when I heard the song, I was 10 or 11, and I heard the cool riff. Uh, the only thing I said, get ready for the back seat, he said in one thing. At least that's what I thought it said, but it actually doesn't say that. It says, get ready for the big C, oh. which means probably what you think it means. Uh, and it's very much similar to the back seat, sure. I guess. But if you listen to the song, it's very much like giving the dog a bone by ACDC. Mm. <laughs> it has that sort of it's really overt sexual song and i i had no leopard. idea really at when i was listening to it and you know you're naive you're 10 and whether or not i should yeah, be listening to it while i'm 10 years old you can talk to my mother uh <laughs> but regardless uh let's just play a little of the song so you can hear it again i keep playing the beginning hold on a sec Anyway, that's my number 11. Uh, it's up high and dry. It's fantastic. It's straight ahead rock and roll. You can almost hear that being done by ACDC, actually. Yeah, I was uh, waiting for giving the dog a bone to come in right there. Downer, All right, Jake, what's your 11 and then your 10? My 11 is actually, it might be cheating because it's off the retroactive album. No, that's fine. I have, the, I have one song with that. Okay, we might have the same one then because that's the compilation album of like the unreleased recordings. Sure, sure. Um, the one I picked from it is Desert Song. Ah, it's not the one, but I okay. do like that song. Um, and I think 
the reason it stands out is because it's unfinished from the Hysteria Sessions, which is my favorite album okay. of Def Leppard. So yeah, but it's it's good feel, sonically darker, heavier rock sound with some of the typical signature Def Leppard sound. Okay, let's get a little desert song. opposite for you i'm going to play it from the beginning so you can kind of hear that drive in the beginning because i know that's a cool like mm -hmm. all right that's desert song no it's a really good song it surprised me and you know i like retroactive to some degree there, as mm -hmm. i said there's a couple songs on there yeah that are really quality songs so the cool thing about retroactive i think it was not overproduced at all it was very much yeah, almost straight ahead more, yeah. right because it was just the b-sides and whatever well and they probably couldn't put it on hysteria how isn't that like a super long album i remember hysteria being like yeah like, yeah that, so they had to be some cuts i'm sure and maybe that was just why and it was yeah. quite different from the rest of the album too yeah so i don't know true. if it would fit mm -hmm. yeah all right so um, that's your number. That's number 11 from Jake. Now, number 10. I got my 10 is, speaking of hysteria, it's Animal. It's kind of lower on the list, but it's a good song to me, but not like one of the, the top, top ones. It's kind of another cheesy, poppy, catch rock song that they just, they do. You know. All right, let's get a little Animal. Animal. <laughs> Any particular part you want me to play? Or? Nah. Everyone's heard it. Fair enough. <laughs> reason i always think of the animal print like like i picture like <laughs> somebody like dancing around their house and like leopard like a leopard skin or something yeah. <laughs> uh, great visual yeah animal i think was released in the uk first and the u.s he decided to release women when that oh, when they first came out different singles as different singles mm -hmm. in different areas and animal did great and women did not so great oh, yeah. you know it didn't do badly but right, it was nothing like animal. it wasn't like when pour some sugar on me hit later yeah uh, but here, let's get a little bit more from the middle of that. Just give you, a, let's give it like a 10 second shot of this. Okay, so that's Animal. Mm -hmm. uh, Jake's, that's your number 10. That was 10, yeah. So my number 10 is also off Hysteria. And this was one that was actually my last song to put on. And it's, a very good song. It's one of these songs that every woman who I know that is like Def Leppard would put in guaranteed in their top three. <laughs> top three songs ever. And the thing I like, like when I can listen to a song straight through, uh, with Hysteria, there were some songs on there that they did something in the beginning that kind of like, I was like, oh. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, it's a good song. Yeah, how and, it develops. But for this song, which is Love Bites, which is my number uh, 10 song. <laughs> oh, man. I apologize to everyone. Ten! That's my favorite song! I know, but it made my list, so be happy. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll, we'll get a little love bites here, okay? I'm sorry, Jake has it number one, so he'll be happy later. Mm, you'll see. Then again, I did this in the beginning. 
Yeah, actually, that's the reason why I almost didn't put it on it. That was the one thing. Oh, that man. whole, welcome to the yeah. blah, 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 blah. I'm like, come on. Yeah, pretty uh, lame. But they have, it's really, like, they have a cool chorus effect on their Peggy guitar in, in it. And then they go in the hook and the chorus. And and I think the catch, it's just such a catchy chorus that everybody mm-hmm. who's ever been in a breakup, or which is most people, uh, unless you're really lucky and be really blessed <laughs> that that's, your, that's you. Uh, but... Even if not, it's just, again, one of those power rock ballads that, you know, you got to love. Yeah, absolutely. Here we go. Okay, we may hear a little bit more of that later, I'm guessing. Yep. Uh, all right. <laughs> uh, so that's 10. Do I do nine now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. My nine is the other song that we were talking about before. Well, the album we were talking about before, which was retroactive, which was on uh, the last action hero was Arnold, an Arnold movie, which was a classic. If you haven't a good seen soundtrack, last action actually. Hero, yeah. And this was on the soundtrack. There was actually um, a couple Alice in Chain songs on there. That was really good. Yeah, I know. It was, it was a good soundtrack generally. And this one kind of hit me. The just, movie, not so much. But... I actually like the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Oh, no. Come on. <laughs> oh, it's great. Oh, remember the guy with the have a nice day uh, contact lens? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, right. like the bad guy in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I wasn't even thinking about talking about this stuff. But anyway, um, really kind of cool thing about this is like the, uh, the people from Last Action Hero call, called them and they said, hey, we want some music for the soundtrack but we don't want anything like we don't want to see like pour some sugar on me or something we want something nobody's heard so we're just doing this album so we sent them raw copies of this of uh, retroactive pretty mm-hmm. much the whole album but completely unmixed and he sent it to it and he listened to it and he's like, oh, i don't know if i'm going to use anything and he comes back over the weekend and the secretary starts humming one of these songs and ends up being two steps behind which is my number uh. which is my number nine so it's humming it and it's like oh what's that from? He goes, that's a Def Leppard song. You left the tape. And so she listened to it and they called and said, we're going to use it. And uh, they did a big string arrangement from the film from from this little raw track. Mm. So he was like, oh, we got some really cool stuff. And uh, it was back when the acoustic sound was coming back. It's sort of the unplugged or whatever. Well, let me give you a little taste on the second. But you can kind of hear the strings and everything that's going around that. And it's just a solid ballad. They have the chorus effect on the Peggy guitar all the way through it. There's a really cool guitar hook in the chorus. And the chorus, it actually kind of sounded a little like uh, like Brian Adams. Actually. Oh, yeah. I, I, it reminded me of a Brian Adams song, actually. Yeah, you say that. I agree. You know, the, he, they toured with Brian Adams, I think, in the early mm-hmm. 2000s. Mm-hmm. This was before that. So let me give you just another taste. I'll move to part where you can actually hear, like, the, the hook. Okay, well, that's two steps behind. <laughs> and yeah, I, I almost like, at the end of that, you almost hear, and it cuts like a knife. <laughs> <laughs> You kind of almost wanted that to happen. There's all kinds of mashups you could be doing. Right <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, Jake, your number nine and your number eight song. Uh, my number nine, still on the Hysteria album, is Armageddon It. Oh, good. Um, 
uh, it's just another song about sex and super catchy pre-chorus with the chorus. But uh, yeah, made the list. Really? You think it's about sex? Uh, <laughs> it's a hunch. <laughs> Okay, that's Armageddon. It. <laughs> oh, sure is. Sometimes they have all these large yeah. these intros, and they do. Um, they that's uh, the kind of thing I notice. They like build the song, and then it gets to the pre-chorus, and that's hooky, and then it gets to the chorus, and that's a big delivery of the, the hook. Well, it's a it's a big hooky start on yeah. that song, and you know it's it, that song's pretty much front to back. It gets on. Let's hear a little more. Let's Armageddon it. <laughs> or Armageddon it. Or whatever. We know what you're saying, Def Leppard. It's so funny. They have so many weird stories. It's funny. I I, I read uh, Adrenalize, which is the Phil Collin. He, he put a uh, book out. Oh, he did? Yeah. Hmm. It, was, it was really good. And it's funny. He talks about some of the excesses of Def Leppard. And then in one of the later chapters in the book, he says... He was talking to somebody. He's like, oh, that stuff never happened. I don't know what anybody's talking about. But I'm like, look at your book. It's like four days. You talked yeah, about it early on. documented it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I guess there was a lot of sex and rock and roll. And, uh, That's yeah. what I've heard. Okay. My number eight is uh, also from Mr. Album, and it's Rocket. Rocket? Yeah. Like um, the raccoon? <laughs> It's uh, one of the longer songs, actually, um, especially with the like tribal drum midsection that they do with that backmasking part. But um, simple song, catchy chorus as usual. Um, that's why I just it made the list, but not way up there. <laughs> interesting it's all about all of the the uh the albums that influenced them yep. and how it like yeah. made them shoot up like a rocket or that sort of thing which is kind of cool and kind of cheesy at the same time which is i don't know that's why to me it's kind of a but they didn't the start the fire <laughs> oh i know it is kind of like that song oh, billy joel uh, a little bit but no rocket's a good song um so i am on number eight i'm up now right yeah i am gonna go to my favorite album which is not hysteria <laughs> Say it's not so. How could it be? That was the best album. No, no, no. It's it's a good album. No, no, no lie. But my, million. my favorite. I remember learning this song here, uh, and I remember it was like one of the first songs that I I played. That like my cousins. I was over at my cousin's house, and he has me acoustic guitar. Can you play guitar? Play something. And I'm like, thirteen. So I was not good. <laughs> so uh, one of the songs I played was the song uh, "Foolin," oh. off of uh, Pyromania. And, uh, you know, I love the quiet to full out rock and roll and then back to quiet. It's just that, that whole dynamic when a song has that dynamic shift, yeah, you can always guarantee I'm going to like it. Yeah. Uh, so let's just hear, uh, a little of, uh, fooling. Here's that intro part that I used to be able to play. 
I couldn't really play the strings part. Seriously. <laughs> That's the beginning of Foolin'. Uh, but then it has that like stuttering chorus is what I like to call it. And I love the stops in it. I mean, once again, like right before the solo, uh, they, he does all these stops right before the solo and it's just really fantastic. Let me play a little bit. Maybe I can get some of that. Well, I, I didn't get the solo, but you can we'll understand. We'll get to it next time. Yeah, it's a it's a driving song, so it'll, it'll happen again. Oh, it'll happen again, yeah. maybe. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> so that's my eight. It's fooling, and number seven on Pyromania. Remember, this was my tape that I had. When you have a tape like that, we didn't have any fancy. Oh, I can pick whatever song I want. Right. You you usually, hear the play. first song. Yeah. And the first song <laughs> was "Rock Rock to Your Drop," and. Uh, <laughs> And had the arpeggiated chords and the chorus effect and the driving rock. Uh, once again, Def Leppard always kind of comes to town and delivers uh, on the, the good arpeggiation and all that stuff. So uh, let's bring it to Rock Rock Till You Drop. Yeah, I love the the guitar hook on the pre-chorus, and then and then they have a fake build up into verse two. So you're like, oh, no, mm. we're gonna come down, it's and big. yeah, it's all of that. You know, it's really, I guess that's probably Mutt Lang, right? Uh, and then they hit you with the chorus payoff again. Let me give you a little bit more. I don't know if you have this one, so I'm gonna nope. make sure I. Uh, I come. <laughs> but it to is town. a good kind of like uh, it sort of has that their a- hair metal glam side. Yeah, it there. has that ACDC yeah. Mutt Lang. Uh, oh, really? Kind of interesting thing. They have a, a keyboard player listed on the thing. I think it's Booker T. Bookins. Really? You know who it really It was a fake name because he was a popular artist. Oh, he and he record. didn't necessarily want to be associated with heavy metal. Thomas Dolby played oh. keyboards on Pyromania. I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't know either. I, was, I saw that. I was like, I was blown away. So uh, here's uh, Rock Rock Jump a little bit more. So that's Rock Rock 2 Drop, my number seven. So we're almost halfway home. Yeah. So Jake, what do you got? Oh, I. by the way, this was actually a quite a good beer. Um, just finishing it off now, and I think I have some sort of bottle opener here. And we're going to start doing this thing called Stone IPA. I already opened my... Oh, you already opened <laughs> I yours. had to get that taste out of my mouth. And oh, <laughs> you had to get the Stone IPA taste in your mouth? or the, the... No, the uh, that was over the, uh, the hot chocolate flavors. Okay, I'm going to pour my stone. You can hear it. Maybe but this one, this one is delicious. Oh, you have a delicious one. Ooh. Mm. Mine is like a nice golden sort of smell like pineapple, maybe, or maybe some pine or something. It's weird right after having the uh, the stout. Yeah, it's a big... Uh, I got to adjust my power a little. It's a hard left turn. 
Ooh, uh, but it's nice and it seems to be crisp. This is one of my favorite like go-to IPAs. You get that nice totally. hoppiness, and mm-hmm. and yours is probably even. Uh, yeah, this has, one's really good. It's the delicious IPA, so it's a different series as that, like the citrus uh, lemon drop, El Dorado hops, but um, very, very good. That's El Dorado hops. That's probably why it works really well mm-hmm. with with your exo Yeah, all these uh, Spanish. The Spanish uh, going on. The other thing, very good. Uh, seven, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, this one's kind of lower on my list than I would think because I really like this song, but I guess it is what it is. Again, back to the High and Dry album. Um, I picked Bringing On the Heartache for my number seven, a great power ballad example like we're talking about. It's just always been one of those really cool songs to me. And I don't know. Bringing On the Heartbreak, I'm not going to blow anybody's mind, but it didn't make my list. <laughs> it was close, but when it came down to it, I'll, I'll play like the first 10 seconds of it, and this is why I didn't put it on my list. Yeah. No, I'm with you. <laughs> so that part, yeah. I was like, oh. no, I agree. But it's, but, but it's the, always that chorus payoff oh. with this band that I'm like, oh yeah, this is one. Once it I'm actually starts getting into it, and I was like, oh. And again, they they always do that thing, the pre-chorus where you're like, oh, this is good, and then the chorus just comes in and, and then they steals just it. Yeah, kick you in the, uh-huh. the other, especially back in the high and dry, best of me and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, there's, um, I might lose some street cred for this, but uh, there's a cover Mariah Carey did of this song, actually. I don't know what album it is, but I had heard it, and I was like, wow, that's really uh, a cool twist on it. So go check that one out when you've got some time. Yeah, listen to some Mariah Carey. Uh, maybe John Tesh does an hey. awesome version of this. <laughs> Mariah Carey is a great singer. Oh, absolutely, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, Def Leppard did a concert, what was it, with... Uh, Oh, not Miley Cyrus. What's the other one? Who's the one who always has uh, oh, Taylor Swift? They, he mm-hmm. did a songwriters, or they switched songs, and Def Leppard played some Taylor Swift songs, and Taylor. Oh Swift yeah, there was some... a Crossroads or something. Crossroads, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it was pretty neat. Was, I didn't see that. It's but on YouTube. It. It's like everything is. Yeah. It used to be like, oh, that's lost forever. Nobody will ever see that. <laughs> <laughs> Sucker. All right, so that was your seven. That was my special seven. Yeah. Okay, and um, now six. What do you got? Six is from Powermania, and it's Rock of Ages. Okay. Um, yeah, everyone knows, yeah, that whole uh, German intro, the gang vocals on that chorus is kind of stand out. It's just a big anthemic song, really. It's really not German, by the way. Yeah, it sounds it, German, but it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's just made up, uh, made up words by, uh, by Mutt Lang. He just decided to make it up. He sounded <laughs> good. Instead of going one, two, three, four, he just decided to... <laughs> Make up some gibberish, but it actually makes that song kind of memorable. We'll play a little of that from the beginning, and then we'll go from there. We may hear it later. Cowbell. Yeah, it's Rock of Ages. Uh, we're gonna we're probably here a little more later. I can I can move a little yeah. more if you want. Nah, we don't need to. Okay, we'll get it later. <laughs> and that that wasn't actually Def Leppard. That wasn't Tom Cruise. 
<laughs> those of you who don't know, there was a movie made of Rock of Ages. And although it's not in the Broadway uh, play for whatever reason, it's named Rock of Ages, but that song does not appear in it. It does appear in the movie that Tom Cruise sings, and he sings Pour Some Sugar on Me. Oh, really? They, they talked about it in, uh, I didn't know there was in, a movie. in, in Colin's book. He, he talks about going there and watching Tom Cruise. And Tom's like, hey, no, you know, it's my, I'm just learning how to sing. I'm good. So I'm kind of nervous you guys being here and all this stuff. But oh, yeah. No. <laughs> but, but he evidently did a good job. Because oh, okay. he had, like, you know, they have the ridiculous vocal coaches yeah, that, yeah. that handle the <clears throat> movie stars of uh, Tom Cruise's ilk. Okay. So I am on number six. And yeah. we're having our first repeat. Oh, okay, finally. <laughs> It's uh, means I'm a getting it. <laughs> it's <a laughs> southern slang, and it's Armageddon. It. Okay, that's our. Armageddon it, uh, which is my number six, which was Jake's number Nine. much ho- much higher than it needed to be. <laughs> uh, but that that actually reached number three in the U.S. That that song, mm-hmm. and I love the the vocal harmonies in that. And yeah. once again, you know, that's Def Leppard's sound that came out of Hysteria. That that sort of ridiculous harmonies, and they really sing that live pretty well too. And they said they're not using any tracks, yeah. and they're just mm-hmm. singing it. And uh, like Phil Collins can sing, and Vivian Campbell can sing mm-hmm. later on, and. Uh, I don't know about Steve, but uh, I think he could sing too. Uh, obviously, he's not around anymore. They've went through so much stuff. It's crazy. And number five, oh my goodness, are we hearing a song twice again? <laughs> Rock of Ages is my number five oh. off of uh, Pyromania. The guitar, the really cool thing, I think, guitar driven into a verse with no guitar at all. Like the intro has, what, you know, intro's guitar, and then the verse, no guitar. There's nothing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of people don't even realize that. Because it's done so well, but yeah, it was talking like Phil. Space, like yeah. Phil was talking in the while we were filming the video for it. He has thirty seconds where he's not supposed to be playing. So when they go to him, it's like, "What am I doing?" Yeah. <laughs> Looking sexy, <laughs> yeah. to oiling up his uh, whatever he's oiling up. Um, <laughs> you know, but uh, let's get a little more rock of ages. We don't need to hear good and good and blah anymore. Here we go. No guitar, see. Here it comes. That's Rock of Ages, my number five. That was a real quick, and yeah, I was like, come on, more cowbell. I wonder if that was derived from the song. <laughs> Obviously, it was derived from the Don't Fear the Reaper right. by a BOC. <laughs> So, uh, all right, uh, what do you got for number five that I'm going to, you're going to take my uh, songs? Yeah, my five is a repeat. <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to do a lot of repeats here, but um, it is Fafafafoolin. Fafafafoolin? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, why do you like it? Um, the cowbell. The cowbell. <laughs> Yeah. 
since there was actually no cowbell on Fulham. Uh, <laughs> I think there is in the course. Oh, is there? It was about to happen. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, I didn't actually know there was on Fulham, too. Oh, there's too much cowbell in all these songs, yeah. Really? I had no idea. Okay. I'm listening. No, it's, yeah, it's after this part. I'm pretty it's sure. After this? I'm looking for cowbell. Searching for cowbell. When he says, there it is. Ah, I learned something new. I didn't. As a drummer, you probably as a drummer, you hear that thing. Songs have some cowbell. Yeah, there. that's cool. That's absolutely. Cool. And he even had both arms back then. So yeah. <laughs> no, I know it's that's got to be a trip that you hear a guy doing like one of the best albums of all time in stereo, or whatever. Even yeah, the biggest of theirs. You know, and just going forward and being such a successful drummer for so long. Yeah. And he's playing better than you do with one arm. <laughs> <laughs> you were waiting for that joke, I bet. No, but I mean, it's like, it, it, I saw, it was really cool. They were doing an acoustic set, and he was playing an acoustic drum set. I was like, what? How was, I mean, maybe he had yeah, something that he came has, up, come up and actually hits it, you know, I, I guess yeah, technology. Um, a hybrid now, I think, of a lot of acoustic elements, but then some triggers, too, with the feet. Obviously, the feet, he has a lot of pedals. And right. then, yeah. But yeah, oh, it's, that's it's really, really cool. It, it's really awesome. I always it, thought about it, how that must be to have to approach it completely like you're relearning, you know. Yeah, and you're doing something that nobody's ever done. And my gosh, it's mm. it's just imagine just doing that and be like, oh, no, I, it's like I losing, me losing my arm. And yeah. I say, no, I'll play guitar with my feet. I right. Do it. Or imagine a band waiting for you to kind of develop that. Because didn't it, how long did it take them to even finish Hysteria? It was a weird. It was like, it, it was, it was everything was going downhill with Hysteria at that point. They Muttlang yeah. wasn't involved with it at that point. He came in and did little right. pre-writing, and then they had the problems here and there with different producers, and then they had the the guy who was the audio engineer for Muttlang, but it still wasn't going well because they were always like, "Well, what would Mutt do here, and how do we do mm-hmm. this?" And gosh, and he came back and he played, and what was it, Donington? Where he went oh, yeah. and, and did his first real big show, and didn't I heard they had two drummers too at the first shows where he played with them. It was actually drummer. in a club, yeah. For they did oh, like okay. three warm up shows because they heard they had to play Donington. Like, holy cow, we have a drummer who has one arm uh-huh. who's never played, and he actually suggested to bring a, a you know yeah. kind of a second drummer Cover. to play with. Mm-hmm. And he went. He actually visited uh, Phil Collins. Oh. What Phil Collins was with talking about was kind of a funny thing. <laughs> Because his name was Phil Collin, and he had a mm-hmm. hard time getting in to backstage <laughs> because the guy thought he was pulling his leg. No, I'm pretty. The, the security told him he's like, I'm pretty sure Phil Collins is on stage. <laughs> no, 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 I'm Phil Collin. <laughs> so, but, but but they went back there, and uh, Phil Collins had talked about how he's been playing with two drums for a while. Yeah, uh-huh. because he has to sing and do other things. So right. it's, it's always nice to have that backup. Yeah, it's so, out. So I felt a little better going into that, and mm. and then. Uh, one of the drummers was actually late for the last uh, gig it, at the club. He couldn't get a flight or he had a gig uh, somewhere else. So he, he just covered it himself. And he started to cover it and he got here like halfway through. Uh, he's drum, like, I can do the this. backup. And mm-hmm. he's like, you don't need me anymore. He's from, he's got it. Mm. So he did Donington alone and he did all that. They, all the big shows that they did coming yeah, out of there. It's impressive. It's just, it's, it's fantastic. Anyway. So we're up to four, right? Uh, yeah. Four. Yeah. My four. Too Late for Love off Pyromania. It has a really cool mood, builds into this like tube-driven, clean guitar. There's no drums in the first verse, in the first chorus, which is about darn time. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, but but uh, let's just play a little of that, and then we'll go from there. And R2-D2 was in this, so I like mm-hmm. it. 
anyway but then the drums come in in verse two and it just kind of raises the song up a few notes and the bridge into the solo is fantastic maybe i can get just a little taste of that and you'll start hearing it just when it comes in it's just the song explodes the control of volume in the song and it just kind of highlights each of the sections just masterfully and i don't know that you're going to have this on your list so i'm going to give a little taste of the chorus no, so don't. people hear it <laughs> so anyway that's too late to love uh, for love <laughs> my number four <laughs> off of uh, pyromania and my number three is something that Jake thought really barely made the list, mm -hmm. or actually shouldn't even make the list, and so much that he thought it was honorable mention. Wow, really? But my number three, and once again, you have to understand, when I grew up with Def Leppard here, yeah. I had the LP. And so I was listening the heck out of the LP. Interesting. There's a lick in the beginning, and that kind of, kind of is a signature sound in this, so let me play a little. Yeah, but it's it's totally uh, Mutt Lang, ACDC kind of inspired. Yeah. This is like the first album he's hitting Def Leppard, and he's coming off of, he just worked with Foreigner for Foreigner 4, but he was right off, he kind of put these guys in line with the metal that he was doing with ACDC and mm -hmm. kind of getting that sound, and you can kind of hear it a lot. And, and I still hear a lot of cold gin in there. Do you? Okay. <laughs> and there's a great chorus, and uh, Steve Clark has this, uh, I I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Clark, has this melodic solo that's kind of moving over the neck a little bit. I won't play the solo, but let me get you a little taste of the chorus here. Here we go. Bon Scott sounds really good there. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Anyway, that's high and dry. Mm. That's the number three. Definitively, the number three <laughs> <laughs> on the top 12. Hey, at least it made some mention. Uh, yeah, it. yeah. Uh, Def Leppard songs. <laughs> so, Jake, I guess you have three and two coming uh, up. Four and three, actually. I think. Oh, four and three? One. Oh, yeah. did I jump ahead? Yeah, it's all right. Okay. Uh, my four is um, actually Hysteria, off the Hysteria album again. Okay. Um, it's always been one of my favorites. Um, another example of a power ballad that I seem to love. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I think they, they had on a... Oh, I wish I knew the album now. One of their later albums, they did a song. Maybe it was on X. or No, it was on Def Leppard, Def Leppard, which came out in like 2015. Mm -hmm. Like One of the first songs they did, it, it's they went back and tried to get this sort of Def Leppard hysteria sound. Yeah, you could tell. And some of the chord progressions was pretty much straight from hysteria. Yeah. Uh, for part of the song, not the whole song, but uh, it just, I was like, oh, really? You didn't have to do that. <laughs> anyway, here's hysteria. Mm 
but I love those those arpeggiated stuff that they do. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things we you got to just give a shout out for that is uh, Rick Savage has been playing bass for them from the beginning, and he doesn't get a lot of love, but because uh, you know obviously you have Phil and you have Joe kind of leading right. leading the pack there, and you have a drummer with one arm, so people are looking there. <laughs> he's done a really solid job through it yeah it's one thing i noticed listening through a lot of these albums is um kind of more the the more recent ones i'm hearing some more standout bass moments and i don't know if it's kind of maybe they're throwing him a bone or what but it's like then you kind of really realize like oh this guy's he's got some chops he sounds pretty good here, here, let's look at a little more syria That's hysteria. That's yeah. It's a fantastic song. Um, and my number three, I think you did already. Love bites, right? Yes, I did. Um, I did that later. I did that. Much yeah. So mine's where it bit, should be around a little 10. bit higher up there. But you know, I think I think if one thing this list proves is I'm a sucker for power rock ballads. Yeah, I know. You, <laughs> you like Def Leppard like a girl. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> you did say it would be in the girls' top three, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's my number three. There it is. Okay, yeah, let's go a little. You can almost hear Jake with his hair dryer at this point. <laughs> but those, you know, they were so good with those the harmony. Yeah, the vocal layering and everything was just yeah. Spot and, and, on. And, and Love Bites is a good song straight through. It really mm-hmm. is. There, there's not a bad thing besides that little weird intro. Right. But, it actually has a pretty cool guitar little fill there it's kind of weird he kind of plays off of the quite a bit in Def Leppard's music the vocal will go and then the guitar will come in yeah yeah, the so, call and answer thing. Yeah, as as opposed to a lot of times you hear choruses for most you know of the time the heavy metal bands they were slamming on those big power chords, and Def Leppard really didn't generally do that. No, there but was the, a, a lot of space, especially for the vocal. Well, you had either. Steve Clark and you had you had Elliot, not Elliot, uh, Colin playing their own different things. I love the fact that they're playing off each other and they really had a good vibe to go. It was really sad when he died. On that happy note. Uh, <laughs> Great segue. So, that was three. so I'm on. Let's just do uh, number two then. So we're both on three, right? We just did three, right? Just, yeah. I'm going to do number two. Uh, and this one, it so brings me back to a point in my life. I mean, I'm a senior in high school, and this song becomes the biggest thing, in ever, biggest thing ever in 1988. Mm-hmm. You can figure out how old I am then. Uh, and um, it was the song that I, I went to battle the bands. I'm like, if they would have just played this song, it would have been awesome. You know, they would have won. Uh, you know, and, and in reality, you know, when I look back on it, that's kind of a silly thing to say. But <laughs> it was such a powerful song. And 
it just reminds me of that moment in my life at that time with the people I was hanging out with. It was like that song that really started grabbing all those girls and bringing them into hard rock and really catchy, hooky chorus. Pour some sugar on me, of course. Yeah. Uh, guitar hook, uh, where this was like the one that they had just done a tour and it wasn't a single yet, even though the album was selling all right. Then they went back to the UK and all mm. of a sudden it exploded because strip clubs started requesting it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and, and everybody in Pour Some Sugar on Me obviously has some sexual overtones. Yeah. Uh, it may actually not be crystallized sugar. I don't know. Maybe it is. <laughs> I guess that could be a, a thing too. But I don't think that's what they're talking about. No. And uh, yeah, so it, it got to be a big thing and then everybody started singing it and it hit the, it hit the pop radio. It hit top 40 radio. And that that's what I mean. They just were, blew up. They like mixed all these uh, different things just to make. It's it really different. the song that saved Def Leppard. Yeah. Because they were so in the hole from the hysteria. Yeah, it cost a lot of money. The cost, <laughs> and they were six million. They had to sell to break even, and they were at like four million albums sold, and uh, then they this one hit and it just spiked up, and they were like eight real quick. This probably, is my number two, also by the way. We have the oh, same okay. number oh, two. Oh, this is the same number two. Yeah. So we'll do it together. Yeah. Uh, this is like the. Anything else to add real quick? Um, no, I just think it's the lyrics are kind of, again, cheesy but funny about you got the peaches, I got the cream, and do you take sugar one lump or two? It's just it, these lines that stand out <laughs> where like you should be laughing and slapping your forehead, but you're like, it just works. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and the way, the way this has happened, this wasn't even supposed to be on Hysteria. Yeah. This was yeah, the last was song. The last he, minute kind of they needed something strong, right? Like No, no, he, no. He was just messing around with it. And, oh, yeah, and they and, heard him. And, uh, and Mud heard him. And he's like, yeah. what is that? Yeah. <laughs> and then they got it, boom, and out. And that was they were already way behind mm. schedule and put it out. And this is, it's probably the, arguably the most identifiable Def Leppard yeah. song. Great big rock stripper song. It almost sounds living like a lover with a red iPhone. <laughs> but, the, you, but there was no iPhone there. I bet kids today, that's what they hear. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure, sure. I was just listening. I was like, that sounds like iPhone. <laughs> that's not what he's saying. He's not saying iPhone. <laughs> In the name of love, pour some sugar on me. <laughs> anyway. So lame. Okay. I want everybody who's listening to this podcast to open up, pour some sugar on me, and just play the whole song on Spotify or Apple Music, if that's your choice. Or find your nearest stripper pole and just dance on it. And there you go. <laughs> Jake's dancing on a stripper pole right now <laughs> with his hair dryer. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, uh, since I think, based on what songs we haven't picked, I'm guessing that our number one is the same. Yeah, I mean, there's only one really uh, in, uh, you know, great song that you would think that we'd be like The song that here. broke Def Leppard, period. Uh, that really made them mainstream. And they had Marilyn Monroe involved with it and everything. And... I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. What, what do you got? What's your number one? Let's get rock. Just kidding. It's not that. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> <laughs> I hate that Sing. song. Uh, no, it's uh, a photograph, of course. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. Uh, 
You see the video? They had that the Passion Killer, and they had Marilyn Monroe look alike in it. It was awesome. If you haven't seen, oh, because it, that's what it's about, right? Yeah, yeah. But just amazing. The riffs iconic. The drums are juicy, for, and the two distinct guitar things. And Colin puts his guitar solo in there, and yeah, uh, it's a it's a rock radio staple. I mean, everyone's heard this song. It's um, sing along, infectious melodies and like i said that anthemic chorus so it's awesome we'll get a little taste we'll start from the beginning because you need to hear that That's photograph. No, that's a. <laughs> actually, let's just pop in. I for me, I haven't really been on the solo kick for too much. So let's kind of. There's cowbell in this too. Actually, yeah, there's cowbell. A lot of stuff, obviously. I, you know, I don't listen to it because I hear the drums as like a background kind of mm-hmm. instrument, like it is. Me too. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but it's like it, with this song, it's like I, the guitars demand your attention. Really yeah. weird. You know what size gauge strings that guy uses? Phil uh-huh. Collins, thirteens. Uh-huh. Really? That's like bass this, strings. Yeah, for this kind of music, it's... Uh... It's crazy. I was like, he said he was... Oh, anyway. You think it'd be like some really heavy uh, metal with those that kind of gauge? Yeah, he likes slamming. He's a metal pick. Oh, wow. And he's 13s. Wow. On his Jackson. Anyway, uh, let's let's hear a little bit of that. That's a little of that, and uh, it's pretty much the cornerstone of the Def Leppard sound, really. Uh, let's just hear the chorus, because we really didn't hear any of that. Uh, and once again, it's just, it's fantastic anyway. They're arpeggiating chords into mm-hmm. the chorus. They're not driving the chorus. They're using the cleanest sound on the song in the chorus. Yeah, yeah. Again, of, I think it's to showcase that the layered vocals there because that's always the big hook. Yeah. Okay. It's photograph number one. We did it. That's right. Oh well, my. we've... Uh, we got two and one. I, I, when was on. the last? I don't think we've. Well, last week we definitely didn't. I think have, we shared a number t- two and two one. Or, yeah, two and one. That was the only. But two, last week I think was it last three? time we shared one. But yeah, yeah, was, we we got the same two and one. Two and one. Yeah, last week we had completely different ones, for one and two at least. Yeah. But yeah. Well, good photograph. I hope you guys enjoyed yourself. I enjoyed this beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just finishing my uh, Stone IPA here, and uh, we haven't really discussed what we're doing next. Yeah. I'm thinking we're going to do something that Jake's not expecting we're going to do. Uh, let's do Alice in Chains. Oh, man. You okay I'm, with I'm that? I'm waiting for this one. Yeah, okay. My favorite band. So next week, we're going to do Alice in Chains. Please reach out to us on Facebook or on our website, uh, dirtydozenpodcast.com. And uh, let us know what beers we should be drinking, what bands you'd like to hear, and 
what you're thinking of what we're doing here. So uh, let your, if nice. you like what, what's happening, please let your friends know. Share. Share if you care. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, have a blessed week. Uh, thanks for your time. Bye now.